Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix original In the Tall Grass. Paik! Hey! Hey, buddy! <laughs> <laughs> How are you today, man? I am great. Having a good day. Good. Hey, it's Cinco de Mayo. How can I we know. not be having a good day, right? Exactly. <laughs> I got me a gallon of margarita that I have sitting in front of me. I probably oh won't make gosh. it through the entire gallon jug. I hope I don't, but we'll see. <laughs> well, at least hopefully not during the time you're on the podcast. So yeah. that way uh, we don't have too much slurring happening yeah. anyway, right? Yeah, well, there's a local, like, well, it's not really a local taco, taco shop because it's Fuzzies. That's a chain. But the Fuzzies here is doing delivery and to go like gallons of margarita and it's ridiculous nice my daughter and i got some takeout uh from a mexican restaurant the other day and they were doing um it wasn't a gallon they had like a 12 ounce and then a 24 ounce margarita <laughs> that you could um carry out we we definitely took advantage of that brought that home and thought yeah it's a good day so yeah. <laughs> I have a margarita in front of me as well. I haven't had any yummy tacos yet. I did have a breakfast burrito. Does that count? I don't know. Yeah, that, that counts. That works. <laughs> Does that count? Okay. And I had a, I brought my luchador mask, uh, like official luchador mask I bought from one of my favorite guys that wrestles in like Mexico and now in here in America. But uh, nice. I was wearing it for a little bit and then I took it off because it's going to get way too hot real quick. <laughs> it's going to get hot, man. <laughs> it's going to get hot. I always get hot when I'm podcasting. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the excitement or I don't know, adrenaline's flowing. But mm -hmm. yeah, well, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, be sure to uh, take a pic and uh, send that to me later because I want to I want to see that mask. That sounds right. fun. Yes. Um, well, welcome, Paik, to the podcast for the first time here yeah, at Strange Indeed. So um, much for having me. I've been listening since its inception, and so it's awesome to to be here. I guess that's the right word. Since yeah, since, totally. Since it started, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've been a loyal listener, a loyal friend. Um, you know, to the. To, to me and to the podcast. And, um, you know, I'm sure lots of folks are probably wondering, because I did mention um, whenever I, you know, told folks that we were going to cover this movie um, on the podcast this week, you know, folks were wondering, you know, um, how we know each other or how that started. And you and I have known each other for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, and Sean and I have talked about it on here when Jason, you know, is on or when he was um, helping me with Lock and Key. And we've talked about it lots of times. We always reference um, Jason's uh, Patreon group, the Zed Head group. Yes. Um, and that's how you and I met. So it for is. all the folks. And, and I mean, this, I don't know, you say that and people are just like, oh, it's just a Facebook group. Guys, this is not just a Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much more. It's become like an not even just beyond friend group to community. And then it evolved from community into like a legit friend group and like friend circle of like people who, who I really consider to be some really close friends of mine, you included. Oh, thanks. Same here, man. <laughs> yeah. You are, you said it absolutely perfectly. Yeah. People just think, Oh, okay. It's just a Facebook group. And you know, why, you know, why are you so involved in that group or, you know, they just don't get it until you're really there. And I think when yeah. people get into the group and they kind of see how close everyone is and it's amazing in just a short amount of time, the true friendships that have formed out, um, out of the groups and dang, we've had when, when Walker Stalker was still happening, Walker Stalker con, um, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of us would meet up at the various cities and, you know, get a chance to meet each other there. We even have outside of the, the, the con, we would have 
you know, barbecues. We had, you know, a finale party for Game of Thrones last yeah. year, which is coming up almost in an, exactly a year ago almost. Yeah, um, crazy. So we've done things even just outside of, of just that and, you know, folks who live close to each other, visit each other. And so it's, it's definitely amazing, um, an amazing thing that so many of us are so close and, and like family, really. Yeah. So, and then you and I um, got to host in Chicago. Gosh, oh, yeah. is it, has it been, a, was it a year? Because I think it came it's, up on my memories. It's over a year now. Yeah, just like by a couple of days because it did pop up in my like time hop that I follow like a week or so ago. So yeah. Yeah. I, it was like right just before I think my birthday it came up in my memories that um, it was like the anniversary of the Chicago Walker Soccer Con where you and I had an amazing opportunity to uh-huh. co-moderate a panel with a couple of the um, uh, cast members of uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yes. That was, that was incredible. That was, I got to do some fun panels that weekend, but you did. That was probably like my favorite, just, being able to co-moderate with you and hang out with you but then like henry thomas is one of the nicest guys i've ever met oh, man. He's so sweet and then those amazing kids, those kids were adorable and so much fun because yeah they were the best it was their first convention and first panel i think they'd ever done both of them and man they rocked that panel stage yeah I mean, for first timers, they were on (laughs) and they were absolutely amazing. And Henry, of course, he's, you know, no stranger to that circuit. And, you know, he's, you know, being a child actor, you know, is used to being interviewed and, you know, doing panels like that or conventions. And so he was really great. And you and I didn't really have to do that much, you know. No, (laughs) he he did a great job, like helping out. Yeah, like because we'd ask a question and then like if one of the kids didn't get it, Henry would be like right on it and like rephrase it for them or you know, help them through it. And they're like, Oh, okay. Like he was, he was like playing their dad still then. Like he was helping yeah, them through everything. It was you're cool. right. Yeah. He was still being very fatherly to them, like mm-hmm. in the show. Um, yeah. To kind of help them along and help them, you know, kind of get through what it was like being up there in front of a lot of people. Yeah. Cause even though they're actors, you know, pe- people still get kind of stage fright and all, you got the lights in front of you and you got all these people in front of you hanging on, on your every word. So they did great. Super fun, super fun experience. And, um, um, you know, hopefully we'll get to do something like that again. Oh, one I day. would love to. So eventually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eventually. So yeah, that'd be great. It was so easy to have you at the top of my list because I'm like dude you you, you and I just get along so well we've got a great you've got a great energy we've got great um chemistry together and I I always love chatting with you so I appreciate it likewise Thanks. So happy to have you here. I'm really excited. I was really excited whenever I reached out to you and I'm like, dude, do you want to cover In the Tall Grass with me from Netflix? Which I thought would be kind of fun because um, it was a collaboration between Stephen King and Joe Hill, his son. And of course, we just covered Lock and Key a few weeks back, um, which was, of course, um, from Joe Hill's comics um, and Gabriel Rodriguez, the illustrator, um, Lock and Key. So I thought, oh, this would be fun. And I was like, I wonder if Pink would be into that. So (laughs) super excited when you were like, yeah. Yeah, it was perfect timing. Like I said, you just wrapped up Lock and Key. So I was like, yep, in that Joe Hill mind space. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great to see more of what he's worked on. I actually hadn't seen this movie before. Like I remember wanting to see it like last year when it came out. And I just never Mm -hmm. got around to it. So this was a perfect opportunity to finally watch something I've been wanting to. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that it worked out. I'm super excited to have you here and to talk about it. So do you, 
why don't we start talking about it then? Because um, nobody wants to sit here and just listen to us chit chat forever right? and ever. You know, we gotta <laughs> gotta get to, some, get to the movie. You, I know you and I could just sit here and just talk uh, about anything and go on and on, but people yeah. probably want us to move along. So, with that being said, do you want to give like your just general, without going too deep into it, like your general first impressions about the movie? Did you like it? Yes, no. Um, yeah, I actually really did like it. I wasn't sure how much I was going to like it going in because I've heard, I've I've tried to stay away from like I haven't I hadn't heard any spoilers or anything. But you know, you see mm-hmm. the the base like reactions of people on different things, and I'd heard right. really mixed stuff about this one, where some people said that it was very underwhelming and they didn't enjoy it so much, or it was confusing or whatever. But so I, I went in with like low expectations. And (laughs) not like super low, but like, I was just like, okay, we'll just see what happens. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. Like there's a few little things that I'm like, "Eh, that that didn't make so much sense here or there. But, but overall I was like, you know what? It was really fun. I'm glad I watched that. And I think me like taking notes over it with, you know, in preparation for this podcast helped me enjoy it even more because Mm -hmm. then I was like really looking for like little things. And then I guess we'll get into it eventually, but I ended up taking my notes in a very like live tweet kind of style. I don't nice. know if it's the mood I was in today or the movie <laughs> itself. Cause usually I'm pretty good at like compiling like a top five list, but it was like, nope, I'm just like live tweeting the movie, but not really live tweeting, just notes in my phone. Where I'm just making little like like observations and jokes and stuff like throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. um I I agree with you. You know, this you know, I just, anymore, I just try, I just want to be entertained. And, you know, while this may not be some horror masterpiece or anything, um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, f- you know, and I haven't read the novel, so I don't know. Did, did you read the book? I have or? not. No. Okay. So I, I hadn't either. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. I know when Jason and I were uh, talking about Lock and Key, and I don't remember which episode it was, uh, he, we had kind of discussed, oh, you know, that would be kind of fun. This would be kind of interesting to cover. And he said that he had read the no- it, It's an actual novella, so mm-hmm. it's kind of a short story, not not really novel kind of thing um, that that they had done. And he's like, oh, it's really disturbing. And I was like, okay, well now I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that, I don't know what kind of, that says about me. There whenever were some moments someone, <laughs> that there were was very disturbing. Some moments. <laughs> I understood what he meant when he you know when he told me that and i watched it i was like now i know what he was talking about but um so so yeah i i I try not to have too heavy of expectations i mean around here at strange indeed we're big big fans of stephen king Mm -hmm. you know we've covered castle rock and you know some other things and always talking about him and then of course by extension joe hill his son who's you know certainly coming out into his own you know with with his work um so I, I just kind of went in and thought, you know, I just, I just want something fun and scary. I haven't watched anything scary in a little while. And like you, I hadn't, I didn't watch it when it first came out. I was intrigued, um, but just kind of forgotten about it. Cause gosh, I mean, the, <laughs> with the, how quickly content gets pushed out on Netflix, yeah. something's new one day, but then there's something new the next and it kind of gets pushed off to the side and you just don't see it or think about oh, it. Yeah, If you're compiling so, a two watch list on Netflix, you'll be adding more stuff than you ever get around to watching. It's Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. <laughs> and I wonder if after this, and I don't like, I'm trying not to talk too much about the quarantine and stuff because I yeah. feel like people want to listen to a podcast and escape, but I feel like after, um, you know, or before this is all over, we're all going to just finish Netflix. <laughs> just- I was actually, I was at a uh, chiropractor yesterday and was sitting in the office and like 
distanced, selfly, safely distanced, you know, people mm-hmm. in chairs several feet away from each other. But I remember mentioning something about, yeah, Netflix, like Netflix and Animal Crossing keeping me sane. And this lady, I'd never, I didn't even know her, but she just like picked up on my conversation with somebody else. And she goes, yeah, I finished Netflix this week. She's like, <laughs> I ran out of stuff to watch. I, I went through the whole thing. I'm done. <laughs> oh no. Got to move on to the other platforms now. <laughs> I know yeah. that's that's kind of about where we're at. So yeah. so yeah, this was a good opportunity to kind of explore, you know, a little bit more. And I think we had some pretty good feedback. And you know, folks that kind of chimed in and said the same thing, like, "Oh, this is cool. I remember seeing it whenever you know it was announced, and I didn't watch it. So this gives me a good excuse, you know, to go watch it now that you guys are going to cover it." So that was really nice to hear. So thank you everyone um, for you know saying those lovely things. So. Well, that's that's really exciting. So just just so folks know, like like Pake said, he's got a little bit of a different format. You know, we're going to kind of have a discussion about um, the movie. We're not exactly going to do a top five. We're going to kind of deviate that uh, from that this week. I don't know. And I and I that's really me. I talked to Pake about that. I, I'm kind of deviating from my top five this week because I when I watched the movie, I wasn't feeling a top five format um, with the movie. I struggle with movies and I don't know why. So I hope that's OK with everyone. I know it's a little bit different than what we normally do. We're still going to have highlights lights and discussion points yeah. we're just not going to call it like a top five so um with that being said um i usually say okay you want to start with your top five but i'm actually um just going to say well Paik, you know you're the guest i'd really love for you to go first if you want to just you know you mention you know a highlight for you or something that you want to talk about first or what was something that was really exciting um for you in in the movie so go ahead and kick it off if, if you yeah. want um all right i will my first like talking point i'll go with a lot of the uh, the visuals and like kind of horror aspects of the movie that i thought were really cool yeah like for something like when the movie the very opening is just you know panning down on this field of grass mm-hmm. and it was like the most simple thing and it was honestly just grass but it was like it kicked off the movie i think in a really unnerving way where i was like why am i so unnerved by just grass but like <laughs> There was something about the ambiance, the music, the like the breeze through it, which breezy wind has never been this terrifying since the happening, right? <laughs> yes. My gosh, yes. But yeah, no, uh but that's yeah, I was, I was like, okay, we're starting in a cool place. So I like that. I'm with you. I think the cinematography was really great. I and I I read. I I don't have any news. I'll go ahead and and spoil that for everyone right now. I don't have any news on um you know on the movie or anything. There just wasn't really a whole lot out there. But I was kind of poking around um, at a few things, and um, the grass was real, and there actually was not a lot of CGI to that grass at all. So I found that to be kind of interesting. So I thought it kind of definitely kind of gave this. very i don't know you just felt very isolated very alone it definitely gave me children of the corn vibes yes for sure because that's and and look i've said it a gazillion times on this podcast (laughs) never will i ever stop on the side of the road and and you know go into a field of corn (laughs) or if i see creepy children hanging out in corn i'm out of there man i don't care look I'm empath- I'm empathetic. I'm sympathetic. I will try to help people in need. Um, if I hear people screaming from a cornfield, sorry, you're on your own. I'm out of there looking out for number one. Um, so I definitely got that kind of vibe. And as soon as they are getting out of the car and, you know, they, you know, she, they're hearing the, the little boy, um, you know, screaming for help and, and calling to them. I thought, no, what are you doing? This is not going to end well. Uh, <laughs> 
there and at first i was i wasn't even sure that the kid was did you think that the little boy was real or did you think it was like a manifestation yeah the first yeah first thing i got was thinking like oh it's just like the field itself or like whatever entity that would be in it not knowing not knowing the the source material and not knowing so i was like okay i don't know where this is gonna go but yeah so i felt like that's what it was was like the field in a way like using this voice to like lure victims in or something which it kind of was in a way but yeah yeah (laughs) you're right yeah i wasn't sure i thought oh no no there's no little boy out there in that field that is that is some creepy demon (laughs) or that is some strange paranormal force or something some sort of being out there using a child you know to manipulate and lure someone in that field and that is not a good thing i thought because i thought well where how would this little boy you know just be out there and i know we did see later that there were cars parked across the church i I, for some reason i missed that right away i don't know if that was right in view if i was just so focused on the grass and you know kind of paying attention to other things but i thought oh well there are some other cars yeah, over no, there. I noticed but... that pretty immediately because I'm like, it's an abandoned, broken down church. I'm like, don't you see? It was like, Mm-mm. there's so many cars sitting out here. Nobody's with them. <laughs> Red flag number one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just, I, I thought just people are not paying attention. <laughs> I'm sorry. People are just not <laughs> paying attention. Um, so yeah, I thought that's not a good thing. But then we, you know, they eventually do go into the grass and it very quickly you know, you, you get that very ominous kind of feeling, right. Um, of, of gosh, not lost. I mean, you, you do get that feeling, but that's not the word that I want to use. Just maybe disoriented because you don't really quite know which direction that you're going. The grass is so tall. You can't like peer over the top, you know, to kind of find your direction. We know that there's that church, you know, out there, but you can't really see, um, and you can't, and the grass is so dense, you can't see through the grass. Like sometimes if you get into a cornfield just right, you can see down the aisles of it, right? Of where yeah. it's, you know, where they've laid the the stalks and stuff of where they're at. You can kind of, t- typically, I, I'm thinking maybe that's more maybe when the, the corn is um, close to harvest time. I guess when it, maybe it's more full, maybe it is a little bit more difficult, but with that yeah grass it was pretty dense so very disorienting there's no like Um, planting rows in order to it it's just which i guess i don't know if you wanted to like stick in order with the movie or jump around all over the place because i don't know because you just kind of we can jump around man yeah like like a top five let's just talk about what talk about what you're excited about there's no order man yeah we have no rules here at the end you know there's that moment you know where when travis touches the rock and all this where you kind of mm-hmm. see that the way that the grass is like spaced out of the pathways through it, it, it works like a, like a root system or veins where like the whole thing yes. is alive. So there's not those like specific rows, but you get like, yeah, it's like this, those veins or whatever through this, like one big living organism. Very creepy, mm-hmm. like the heart or something yeah. or heart or brain mm-hmm. or whatever of, of the field and whatever that source is. Cause we don't get a lot of explanation into that. No you know um so so yeah that was about there was a few spots that you had a little bit of a path and what confused me and it probably doesn't matter i get really stuck on details <laughs> sometimes and <laughs> and it's it's probably annoying to a lot of other people it's kind of annoying to myself sometimes and i'm kind of like just let that shit go stop <laughs> dwelling on it but one thing that kind of um 
I was questioning uh, was why the heck was some parts of it, and I guess a lot of it was so damn muddy. Yeah. Do you wonder? I don't. I don't know that. I mean, there was no explanation. I don't really expect you to have an answer. Like, come on, pig, tell me why was it so muddy? But <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't quite understand that why it was so darn muddy, and if it was supposed to mean something, Maybe did you get anything other, from that? Other than if it is in some way some kind of living thing you know it's got a water source that's constantly but i mean i don't know how you make yourself Mm. muddy just for a water source and then you get to that super which this goes with my kind of like highlight anyway of the super like creepy visuals and horror is the root system Mm -hmm. is kind of made up of people and its victims and stuff for so maybe i don't know if they're alive or some version of not alive anymore that maybe the water and all the mud just comes from from that i don't know that's yeah Oh, that's a really good point. Maybe, like I said, I certainly didn't expect anyone to have an answer to that. It was just something that I got kind of stuck on because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, she starts, you know, she's walking and she starts, you know, you can see her feet kind of sinking into the mud, and I was like, ugh, why is it? I just, I hate that. I because I'm thinking, oh man, my shoes, you know. <laughs> I'm so superficial. <laughs> I'm just like, damn it, there goes my sneakers. Um, that's annoying. Um, yeah, that's never going to come out. <laughs> So trying to think of like some of my highlights. So we were talking a little bit about the rock and kind of what it meant. Um, And we, it seems that when they get through to the grass, um, we, we actually do see a little boy, which even though I'm seeing him, not just hearing him out in the field, I still don't quite believe he's real. Yeah, You know, I'm still like, nah, you know, there, there's some powerful forces out there. They've got enough energy to somehow manifest this image of, you know, like a projection of a, of a, of a person to, to give you like a sense of calm, like, Oh, there really is a little boy, you know, here, you know, and, and to, you know, so you don't get too freaked out. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and, and he's acting kind of weird. He was carrying what was like a dead crow. Yeah. That was, I was, they really try to throw you off the track and not trusting Tobin <laughs> from the beginning, Yeah, which eventually i kind of like got okay like okay with him more but like ross like the dad i did not trust him from the very beginning i don't know what it was no <laughs> second i saw him i was like nope no. uh-uh. that guy's that guy's bad <laughs> yeah but man he plays it plays Pat- bad patrick so wilson well. is always a treat <laughs> isn't he just wonderful uh-huh. um i, <laughs> I was Whenever I remember seeing the trailer and and seeing him in it, and that was one thing. Not just apart from being a, a you know adapt, adaptation uh, from Stephen King and Joe Hill, because I feel like that's roll the dice and you're it's probably gonna you're probably going to enjoy it in some mm-hmm. way. So I was like, oh well, that interests me. That you know I think I'd like to watch that. And then when I saw Patrick Wilson in the trailer, I was like, now I know it's I'm gonna cold. watch it. Maybe not today, <laughs> but I'm going to watch it because. That dude has got a set of pipes, and he should have to sing in every single movie that he is which in. He did have a song. Everything that he's he had in, a little bit of singing in this movie, which was which did. was a big red had- flag for me. I already didn't trust him from the beginning, like I said, but because that's even in my notes where I said like, okay, he's singing, like that's that's not good. I was just You're like, right. he's way too calm and like confident in that moment i was like he's and i called it even i was like he's possessed <laughs> i was like that's Absolutely. that's not normal you don't like just be singing and acting all fine through this i was like he's 
he's he's possessed there's something wrong and i was right because he brought them to uh the rock which throughout all my notes the rock is just named Dwayne. <laughs> that was like I, I said when i'm like live tweet style doing this thing that was the joke i made when they first said when the kid goes i gotta show you he's like i gotta take you to the rock and i was like what the rock dwayne johnson's in this movie and so for the what if- the rest of the time and i'm referencing the rock i just put i just name it it's dwayne and so i was like what in my if- notes i was like he's too calm and confident he's gotta be possessed or something i was like yep he said he was taking him to the road and he brought him to dwayne instead so mm-mm <laughs> <laughs> what if, when the grass parted instead of this big giant rock you actually see Dwayne Johnson just standing there <laughs> got all these like symbols tattooed on him he's like touch me <laughs> we'll teach you the secrets of the world just touch me on my packs <laughs> yes. oh, the people's rock yes. people's champion <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love him too. He's, I, I love The Rock. I, and I still call him The Rock. I know he's been Dwayne Johnson for a really long time, but I'm a longtime wrestling fan as well. So I remember him back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That just made my night, man, to see some, um, you know, good old, good old wrestling and, and see the shenanigans and the storylines and, and such. So yeah, I love that joke. That, that really made me giggle. <laughs> so, so yeah, Patrick Wilson, um, you know, and, and he's he's kind of like the Scream King right yeah. now because he's he's in a lot of scary movies. I mean, folks know him, you know, probably for Insidious, mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Absolutely, same here. So so good. The first one, anyway. I I saw the second one. It wasn't too bad. I didn't see anything after that, so I, can't I saw speak the third one, those, but, but it was pretty forgettable. And I still haven't seen the last. King, really, I think is what it was called. So yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. Well, I remember seeing Insidious for the first time because I was, you know, I just, I grew up on on scary movies since I was a kid. And that's why I'm so dark and twisty and, you know, I, I'm pretty much a mess because um, I've been watching scary movies since I was a kid. And I feel like I just don't see too many things that thrill me or scare me anymore or, you know, excite me anymore. Um, so when Insidious came out, of course, this was 2010, so it's been a little while. There's been, you know, a few things since mm-hmm. then. But I remember when it first came out and I saw that, I just, I thought that was amazing. And it did scare the hell out of me. There were some definitely some parts where I jumped um, a lot and screamed. Yeah. Um, and he did really well in that. So, and then, of, of course, The Conjuring, yep. also amazing. Um, and then, oh, and then, of course, all the Conjuring movies, you know, like Annabelle and and all of those, The Nun. And then, of course, he's King Orm from Aquaman. <laughs> so, so yeah, he's he's got some good acting chops. And, you know, um, I thought it was fun to see him in this class. Like I said, it's, it's fun to see him play, uh, you know, a role where he's not really the good guy. Um, and then also um, just because he's kind of known for the scary movies. Yeah. So, he was definitely not a trustworthy guy. And and you were right about the singing. You know, I feel like anytime you hear a character start to sing like he did, where he's kind of displaying this um, calmness, or if they start to whistle, yeah. <laughs> I don't trust whistling. So anytime I hear someone start to whistle in a, in a TV show or a movie, um, or when they're starting to sing, my neck hair starts to stand mm-hmm. up and, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, not a good sign. So he was definitely a baddie. And, you know, I was trying to figure out kind of what it meant when he touched 
the rock and you know he's possessed by you know whatever that is and he was trying to kill everyone it seemed like because he thought they were like a sinner right yeah i'm not sure yeah it kind of went on that like religious sounding like tangent with it you know and he was talking about that but i don't know if it does it kind of seems to be this evil entity that yeah compels him to kill all of them but then that comes that whole that can almost be a, a whole other topic is then like that idea throughout the movie like the main story of the you know we are grass and you know so there, we keep we keep coming back to life even if you kill us we you know just to kill us over and over again which is this really weird concept that eventually i got on board with and i was like okay that, that's really interesting so then i wonder like Maybe like this root system of people is just a few, like a handful of people who just keep getting killed over and over again. And that sounds like hell to me. I mean, it just, you know, it to be caught in this loop and in this field. And that's the only thing I can think of. And I was trying to think of, is this more, and I don't know if I've really landed or made a decision on it, if it's more like a time loop or an alternate reality. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, when, they kept getting killed and then coming back because yeah, it almost plays with that idea of yeah like you said like it sounded like a hell like a hell or like a purgatory kind of thing like is there a specific people that are drawn to that which you would go with that except for in the end they kind of just like leave so maybe not but that's what it felt like for a while because even in my notes i said when it started raining i said i bless the rains down in purgatory but <laughs> oh that's good but, yeah purgatory is a really good Um, I think term to use, I think that's kind of fitting for, you know, kind of what I kind of felt was kind of happening there because, you know, we see Ross, he kind of submits, you know, to the field, I guess, and, and to that rock. And, and he kind of, I feel like when, after you've touched the rock, you kind of, it sounds so funny. You keep saying, (laughs) I'm saying touch the rock and all I can think is Dwayne Johnson. I'm sitting here, this imagery in my head of Dwayne Johnson standing in the middle of that clearing where the rock is, and they're all just like laying their hands on him. So that's that's not going to escape my mind now. Um, but after touching the rock, it's like the person, they, they relinquish their humanity and they become this murderous, you know, grass humanoid type person mm-hmm. um and and the way that it affected and it seems like it has different effects on on the people that touch them um i don't know if it has to do with like that person's beliefs or what they have kind of going on mm-hmm. because it seemed like for ross he be, he was like a convert to the field's theology yeah. oh, and he was really trying good. to like lead that's yeah really and he was like trying to lead the other five towards like the redemption yeah because right? then uh, uh, that becky has this moment with it and like all that it like focuses on is is her child like the baby and mm-hmm. like it's kind of relationship with her wherever you know because that her like through line of the story is whether she wants to like abort it or give it away to a family or to keep it for herself and she's like conflicted and so every time she has this like these experiences with the grass it like it always revolves around the baby. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And then of course, I guess Tobin had touched it too. Cause that's the Tobin that we meet. Yeah. I had that marked down as like, that's one thing that bothered me most about the movie was once I realized, okay, it's different yeah. timelines and different, like, you know, that are all crossing over each other. 
Then I marked down, I was like, well, what happened mm-hmm. to the timeline where Tobin was the one that had touched the rock and was connected with it and trying to bring people to it? Because they never picked back up on that again. Right. Yeah, that, that confused me too. Um, and I guess because they kept saying, well, after you touch the rock, you can leave the field, but you're not going to want mm-hmm. to. Um, so. Because yeah, I guess Travis really that, was a yeah, good guy at of- heart because his version of, he, he wouldn't leave the field, but what it compelled him to do was know how to leave so he could take Tobin out in order to save everybody else. Or at least right. And try to Cal. break that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, because the only way out was to touch it. You can see that they just weren't getting yeah. out no matter what they were doing. And I thought they had a pretty good idea, you know, early on when uh, Travis put Tobin on his yeah. shoulders and, you know, was like, hey, you know, tell me if you see anything. And he finally saw the church. And I thought, well, that's a good idea. Let's get, you know. And then when the brother and sister were trying to find each other by jumping in the air, I thought that was kind of a cool visual. It was really too, cool. The second time they, they, where they're much further apart, it was trippy. <laughs> oh, it was. And I, I just kept thinking, I just, that just, it, like I said, just no, just no to me. <laughs> Getting into a freaking cornfield or into this dense um, group of, I don't even know what we call it, field of grass. Yeah. Just that sounds absolutely terrible to me. And that it's so bad that you can't even see each other. And I realized that the field is, is purposely doing this to disorient you and that once you're in you can't get out and you're probably losing all sense of direction and like I said that that was probably more horrific to me than anything else um you know that happened in the rest of the movie was thinking about getting lost in in this not being able to to find your way out and um that that for some reason that's just kind of a trigger for me (laughs) somehow um that I don't don't like that but so yeah we didn't get a lot of explanation on what happened with Tobin uh, the first Tobin that we meet that did touch the rock and moved on from that and it became a different timeline where where Ross was possessed and that was where they went with it from there right and then like you said Travis who you know, did seem to have his heart in the right place. And I think that he was able to find, you know, some type of redemption because he, you know, we find out that he actually wanted Becky to abort the baby um, after he found out that she was pregnant. And, you know, he confesses, you know, how sorry he is for that. And he seems to get some redemption for that. And even though he's possessed by whatever, you know, is, is in this field or this rock or whatever it is, he is able to kind of still be coherent yeah. enough where he's able to unlock that. Do you think that's the reason where he sends You think Tobin. that is the reason he touched it was he knew that it would give him the answers out and he could get Tobin out. I, I yeah. do believe that. So that's because at first, like I even wrote in my notes again, I like to refer to him, but yeah, because yeah, I was like, why would you touch Dwayne Travis? Why would you do that? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but then like it, it made sense afterwards. And I was like, okay, cool. But I did have that moment where I was thinking, you know, because after he touches it and he turns around and he looks fully possessed and looks, you know, he's pretty scary for a second. Mm-hmm. And Tobin goes, Travis. And I remember writing down, there is no Travis, only Dwayne. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out. Like, yeah, I think he went into that with the the idea. And it went back to the the line that Ross said when he was standing on the roof of that like bowling alley where he said, there are holes everywhere. Life is full of them. And so it was like that knowing like how to to use those holes to like, he had come up with that plan to to kind of put Tobin through that hole in order to save the others. Right, because they saw it with the dog, mm-hmm. right? When they were on the roof of the bowling alley and they saw the dog kind of 
walk behind what seemed to be behind like a, a, a tall patch of yeah. grass and it wasn't there on the other side and they they thought to use that themselves um and 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 did not i guess they didn't i mean you don't really know the risks of that but i guess that you learn that like you learn all of that knowledge or you take in all of that knowledge when you touch the rock like you just you become possessed and i guess and just have all that knowledge like they said when when you touch the rock you know how to get out it's like mapped out for you you know and i guess it's probably through this those portals or whatever um so yeah i fully i fully believe that he realized that the only way um to save everyone was to well and to save becky and to break the loop because i think they were kind of you know they were starting to figure out how this kind of kept happening over and over mm -hmm. again and you know um you would kind of get different instances of um you know um and different behaviors and 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 becky seemed to kept feeling like something isn't right um you know almost like she was kind of ex like she was almost remembering her experiences from the yeah. other times just good it took a while for that to set um, in which i guess is not a bad thing that like mm -hmm. the first half of this movie was so like confusing and bewildering to where i was like but it wasn't in a bad way i was like i have no idea what's going on i hate this but i was like i have no idea what's going on but i felt like they were going to lead us in that direction and it was cool to see how it played out because i was like they didn't even see each other before she died the first time. So now how are they? But, you know, it, it works out. We're like, oh, okay. It's time is fucked. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like you just, anytime you start bringing in any type of discussions about time or time travel or loops in time or um, alternate realities, you start going down this rabbit hole. And, and if you, you know, you just, you sometimes just have to kind of go with it because if you start picking it apart too much, it's not going to make sense. And I feel like that kind of ruins the experience yeah. a little bit. So while I feel like there was probably some things probably could have been explained a little bit more, I just feel like you should, you're just better off not explaining this too hard. Yeah. Um, honestly, but it was, I, I found it very interesting, you know, when Becky and Cal for show up and they hear Tobin and then um, when so they're disappeared and to them it's like only a couple of days but when travis is out looking for them and he gets to the grassy field it's been a couple yeah. of months um and he hears who does he hear does he hear um he i'm trying to think of what is it that was there a voice that lured him out I'm i don't totally think so i think it's just because that. he found becky's book by the edge of the road okay. next and to the grass it was, and so he went in there right just assuming and then of course once you're in yeah when yeah. Well, yeah once you're in, oh and he sees the car mm -hmm. and and then the book and and yeah so and then of course once you're in you're never yeah. gonna get back out um but then when you see the family because i'm thinking well how the hell did this family get in there you know we're seeing a lot of this play out and um you know then we we kind of get that a little bit but that was so strange because you know, when, when Travis gets in the field and he sees Tobin, he's like, don't you remember me? Yeah, that's. And Travis is like, wasn't that so <laughs> I weird? Still don't, I still can't wrap my head around <laughs> that one. Like the time thing, like the, the different like timelines mixing is one thing. But then being like, how did Travis get there so far before everyone else? But he got there after. I was like, because then it's affecting time, like even outside the field. Which was really confusing yes. still. <laughs> Still very confusing. Yeah. And sorry, guys, we're not here to explain it to you. <laughs> if I, I hope, could, I, I would. When people are like, 
Yeah, if they're like, oh, well, I'll just listen to the podcast and hopefully that'll give me a little bit of insight and clarity as to what happened. I am so sorry to disappoint you. At least yeah. I don't have that answer um, for you today at all. But, you know, we can, you know, just at least talk about it and have fun talking about it. But yeah, that was that was really strange because he's like, well, don't you remember me? Um, he almost looks like his feelings yeah. are hurt, you know, like, well, I can't, you know, why don't you remember me? And, and then we see later Travis is trapped and you see the humble family and there's tobin standing there with his dog in that church parking lot and and then you hear travis you know kind of calling and he hears the dog he hears tobin and he starts hollering for tobin yeah. i mean how disturbing yeah, would that be <laughs> how weird would that be as a he knows my name well, you know, then go you're, away you're now run some, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sorry why why are we and i know the dog yeah. ran in the field i mean if my dog ran off i'd be i'd have to like go after my dog too because my dogs are mm -hmm. you know pretty much like yeah. my kids so i i get that so the little boy goes after his dog but that dog needs to be on a leash man you don't let that dog go running off into mm -hmm. a field because damn not not in that location let's just not have our dogs running loose um to where they could potentially see a rabbit or some other animal and want to go chase it off into um, some creepy ass field yeah. of grass um so yeah i mean how disturbing was that to you know at least when you're outside of that you you don't really have any knowledge of having been in the grass or anything that's happened and you hear someone yelling your name and like talking to you and have trying to have a conversation um so that that was really mm -hmm. weird the the whole loop or the alternate realities and you know when ross was trying to kill cal and you see all these other mm -hmm. dead cows laying yeah. there i was like what the hell is yeah. going on <laughs> how many times has this Again, happened i don't know it was my mood that there's just a lot of like funny thoughts coming out of me just like stupid comedy stuff like i did enjoy it and i was creeped out by a lot of the movie i promise but but i was just making a lot of jokes too because i said oh the dead calvins that's my new band name the dead calvins. there were so many of them but no <laughs> but that was yeah it's really cool you're like how yeah. long is like how many different loops have these people actually been through at this point it's yeah it's a horrifying thought honestly again goes back to like this idea of hell like you mentioned well, and, and when they're like at the end, when Becky's starting to give birth and the earth like opens mm. up and you see like the, that root system and it's like people yeah. who are like the roots. So we know we were talking earlier about the church's parking lot full of abandoned cars. I mean, that, do we think that you know, there are other people that have been trapped and caught in this time loop. I mean, are there other people that this is happening to and we're only seeing this small group or are these people who've touched the rock, never left, became a part of that field, mm -hmm. that root system, part of that rock, whatever it is that's happening there? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, which I guess it's not a bad thing that they don't just give you all the answers that kind of leaves you. It's always it's a very King, yes. Stephen King kind of thing to do is to leave you in a Very place much. where you're like i don't know exactly what happened but that was real fucked up and i did and i enjoyed it <laughs> very much when you have the shorter stories like if folks who've who've read you know a lot of stephen king and read his sh um, short stories or novellas you know there's just 
the explanation mm-hmm. is just not there. It just is what it is. And you just have to kind of roll with it and, and kind of just accept it. So that's where I was kind of at with that too. I mean, it would have been nice to have a little bit more backstory on, you know, what that was or how it originated. Um, we didn't really get that. It had some really strange drawings and there were some really weird people with yeah. grass faces. I feel like it goes back to a very ancient time with all of those because they're almost like hieroglyphics on, on Dwayne. yes yes there were so that was very strange in this very strange ritual where they pick becky up and i'm just gonna go ahead and talk about it because i feel like we can't oh yeah we have to talk about the talk about this movie and talk got to talk about the grass people got to talk about that scene so they they pick up becky and they carry her there to the middle um she's going into labor and she you know seems to be and i'm thinking is she is she miscarrying is you know everything that she's gone through is Mm -hmm. you know is or is she just going to be having the baby um so yeah this some pretty disturbing disturbing things happen it took me a a second to kind of pick up on it um because she's very incoherent she's you know in pain and she opens her eyes and she thinks that she sees her Mm. brother and and he's like feeding her something <laughs> that might be the part that bothered, like just freaked me out the most. Where I wrote down, I was like, if he is feeding her the fucking baby, I'm going to flip my shit. And then later I can come at really yeah. this. I'm like, and shit is officially flipped. I'm weird. <laughs> like- <laughs> yes. The shit got flipped mm. because I'm pretty sure I'm, that's like, what they don't was happening really there. give it like um, hundred. They don't go back and confirm it for you, but like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that they did a pretty good job of, you know, if you if you really thought about it, you understand that's what was happening, but they weren't um, so, you know, in your face about really yeah. showing it. So they kind of left it open just a little bit. But if you thought about it, like you knew that's what was happening. So we know that we, you know, understand then that that wasn't her brother. That was really Ross. Um, standing over her or sitting over her um, and and feeding feeding her her miscarried child to her, which was yeah. very disturbing. I, I fully understood now where where that was coming from, and I don't think she knew that at the. At, no, she was at the still time. so out um, of it, and thinking it was her yeah, brother. So I mean, she, it immediately just takes her back to this like place of familiarity where she's like being comforted and like brought to health and which just makes that twist even worse. Right. And I wonder if that was something that, because again, like I said, I didn't know when I first heard, you know, Tobin's voice at the very start of the movie, when they were going out into the field, I thought, Oh no, that's got, got to be like a manifestation. And then even seeing him at first, I thought, Oh no, he's not real. You know, he's just like this, you know, manifestation of a, of a little boy. He's not a real little boy. Um, so when we see Cal standing over her or sitting over her feeding, um, doing, well, doing what he's doing. Um, I'm wondering, so is that the field that's giving her that false sense of security that it's okay. It's my brother. I trust my brother, whatever he's doing is okay. Um, but then, you know, we notice it's actually Ross. Do you, do we think that was just like her hallucinating or do you think that that was like the field that's a great that? question Rima. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have lots of questions it's a, and i know i'm not gonna get any answers chalk that one up also to the 
yeah, they don't really clear that one up, but they just let you let your mind go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was hard to watch. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh man, um, it, it surprised me. It kind of surprised me that they went there. Yeah, that's why I put that in my notes. Um, like, if she is, if that is what's happening, because there's almost that like time of like denial. Where I was like, no, they wouldn't. But it is, it is Stephen King. <laughs> you know yeah i mean we've seen some pretty dark and twisty stuff come from come from stephen king and um now joe hill too because i know part of that's um his Mm -hmm. work as well um so very sad um to see and that's of course when you know travis finds her later and you know i don't know that he understands what really happened he just notices that she's not pregnant anymore and realizes that in some capacity she has lost the baby and i think you know that's of course when he begins to really regret his actions and things that he's probably said and you know and they have that fight with ross and you know she ends up for a while coming out of, you know, her stupor and she's able to help Travis, you know, fight Ross and kind of take out his other eye. Um, And then that's when Travis kind of realizes what he has to do. At at least that's, that's my take on it is I, I really feel like he, you know, made that decision knowing that he was going to be trapped in the field forever, but he, you know, that was something he was willing to sacrifice himself you know, to, to do good and get Tobin out because Cal was dead. Becky was dead. Cause I think after that, she seemed to have succumbed yeah. to her injuries, um, of what had happened to her, um, losing her child. Um, so she's dead and he knows they're not going to get out. I mean, how else are they going to get out? They know that, you know, I mean, Ross was, was absolutely crazy, um, and psychotic. And then they ended up you know, he ended up killing him. So how else are they going to get out? If that's the only way to get out, who's going to do it? Um, and then how are they going to prevent it from happening yeah. over and over because again? Because I assume so, Ross is still you know, in that's the same course. like purgatory hell kind of time loop to it. Yeah, he killed him once, but does that mean he's just going to come back and come yeah. after him again? So Exactly. So I feel like that's when he, you know, realizes what he needs to do and he touches the rock and gets the knowledge and you know decides to to use it for good i i don't know i wonder if it's you know like i said i don't know if it's based on like who you are as a person um you know or or how how much it really takes you over you know um like whether or not you're a good or bad person still after you touch it like maybe you're a good person but do you remain a good person after you touch it do you have that choice you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, does it just take you over? And maybe if, if, if later, maybe it would have taken him fully over and he would have become as crazy and psychotic as like what Ross was. Possibly. I don't it know. It almost is like, yeah, um, when he, he has that smile once he hears them drive away and knows that they're safe. And then he just kind of succumbs to, to the grass and kind of lets himself die, which I don't know if that was a choice or, or just to his injuries or, and then even then he might still end up coming back and being in this purgatory loop in that by himself. So yeah i don't know but would he even come back because so he like you said he kind of gets Mm -hmm. absorbed by the field and my guess is becoming a part of the root system or whatever that we saw kind of becoming one of those people um 
you know, that, that we saw. And again, I don't know if that's um, like those grass people that we saw are those people who've been trapped or, or touched the rock and stayed there or are they manifestations or yeah, they, you know, I don't really know that. what they were. Um, like something on them a little note. I was the chanting whenever they would show up was really mm, uh, just mm-mm. really unnerving. But I remember turning on subtitles to see if I could figure out what the chanting was. And all it said was just chanting. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, that's a letdown. Yeah. Sometimes it, it, sometimes that's what it I, I was going to try to go all chant, into it. Right? I was going to yeah. figure out what it was. And then like if it's like Latin or something, I was going to try to Google it and figure out if it like gave some kind of answer to some story thing. And it was like, but then I was like, oh, yeah, but I was like, you no, caption, away, closed captioning just says chanting. So my journey ends there. Mm. Well, they, they, it was mm-hmm. a missed opportunity on, on their side because yeah. that was some creepy shit. I did not like that at all. Um, that was creepy. I thought, nope, nope, that's more Children of the Corn stuff right there. Get get me out. Um, didn't like that. So, so yeah, when he becomes a, a part, I guess, of the field, like permanently and sacrifices himself. And I don't know if he thought that <laughs> – so getting Tobin out and somehow, you know, having Tobin break the loop or in this other alternate reality, once he does that and he convinces Becky and Cal not to go into the grass by showing them the um, bloody um, keychain yeah, or necklace, sorry, I guess it was a necklace um, into her hand. And, and that's where it really kind of gets weird because she's got the same exact necklace. It wasn't like that one yeah. necklace. <laughs> right that that somehow keeps making it through it's it's the same necklace but it's a second one so that's where i almost feel like there's a little bit of an alternate reality they they, kind of a little hint at that whenever when she goes to stab his eye out or whatever the first time with those keys and he like expects it and so he catches her hand and like throws the keys on the ground into a pile of like all of these other things that she stumbled on earlier in the movie that then you find out oh that's like her stuff that I guess like how how many oh, loops has right. she like tried to stab him and he knew it was coming and could stop her like and so her stuff kept like piling oh, up in shit. that same spot because it was always in that moment when she would do that. <laughs> shit, you're right. I totally forgot that part. Um, I was probably like <laughs> taking a note or something. Um, that exactly. So yeah, there's yeah a little bit of an alternate reality, a little yeah. bit of a loop. Like I said, gonna try not to think <laughs> about it too hard, but. You know, I feel like because there was two of them and, and like you said, probably multiple of them um, as he's anticipating, uh, you know, her taking his eye out with that. Um, that's what's so kind of weird. So I don't know. Is there another Travis out there? Um, and and will he not then come to the field? Because if Tobin keeps Becky and Cal from entering oh, the field. <laughs> How far does that go? Um, yeah. Then... <laughs> I know because then but what's really sad this is to me the really sad part so Becky and Cal it it I guess it's as, as happy of an ending as you're gonna get yeah. from a Stephen King um novel or works um so Becky and Cal seem to survive and make it because they're they're you know Tobin was able to break the loop and prevent them from going back in there again despite um hearing the same little boy that's standing in front of them screaming from the field which was yeah. they're like how is that happening um what's going on here um so they're able to prevent that from happening so travis shows up looking for becky because they never made it to san diego um like 
from a few months before. So if they don't go into the field, does that mean Travis is still out there somewhere and that he doesn't, or is he trapped in the field because he touched the yeah, rock? I don't know. That's another one of those. Does that damn yeah, him? Do, or do, point, him? Like, do they go back home you know? and then Travis is just nowhere to be found? Like he just went missing because the one version of him went into there or yeah, that's, that's another one of those like things that's kind of left up in the air. Like, I don't know. Cause even the thought you mentioned with Tobin, stopping them from going in the field when it's his own voice when it's just like so does when tobin leaves in the car with them is there still a version of tobin that's still trapped in the field is there like two of him now like, i know yeah and then what about tobin's parents it feels like his parents um so his parents at least the only one that we saw anyway i mean we saw multiple times uh you know becky and cal kind of you know coming in but the the one time that we saw um, Ross and Natalie, I think it was, was it Natalie's like wife's that. name, um, but um, Tobin's <laughs> yeah. mom. She wasn't. Sorry, she, she wasn't in there for very long, except for the one scene where she got she, her head smashed, and that was that was horrible. Was that a Man. Game of Thrones moment or what? Like, that must take a lot of strength to do that. Not that I would know, but <laughs> that's a not that I would know. Not that yeah. I've tried. Yeah, apparently the Rock also gives you a little well, bit. It of is Dwayne Johnson, so. Um, it is Dwayne Johnson. He got a little bit of that Dwayne Johnson superpower. Um, so, so does that mean, you know, what does that mean for, to- like, I think Tobin is like truly an orphan. Like, yeah. I don't know that his parents would be coming back because his dad, his, his mom died in the field, but his dad touched the rock and, and died there. So I feel like he's become a part of it never to leave. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's, that's, was kind of the sad part of kind mm-hmm. of where it ended. I don't know. And like, like I said, I was kind of really confused. Like, well, does that, where yeah. does it stop? Where, where does that, that loop? Yeah. And you can't like stop? tell there's the that version of Tobin. Like authorities like, Oh, here's what's going on. Cause that's what I was thinking. Like, Oh, they're going to like call people yeah, to like just, help with this kid. It's like, you're just going to send more people to the field. And <laughs> there's no answer to that. Yeah. I know. Yes, and, and and like you said, it's really kind of confusing about the the Tobin that touched the rock. Is that the Tobin that's out there yelling like he was when um, trying to Becky lure and people Cal back in. in the beginning? Maybe. Yeah, or is it the real him? Another version of him out there, um, or is that the one that got out? You know, the good <laughs> good Tobin. Oh, yes. Oof. Man, I don't know. This movie does it was mess a lot. with your mind the same it way lot. it messes with time in itself. So, yeah, who knows? It does. Yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. Um, you know, like I said, I, I really want to kind of I, – I didn't read the novella, and I tried not to read too much about the differences, but I read a few things, and I won't talk about them here because I don't want to spoil anyone. Um, but I know that there were some differences Um I think there were some things that they stayed true and then a few things that were kind of different. Check it out. So yeah. I'm definitely going to have to go and read it. I think it's a really quick read. I, I think that it was published originally. I can't remember the year. I think it was like originally published in Esquire in like a two part okay. kind of version. Um, and I think it's available as like an ebook or something. So I think it's readily available and it's out there, you know, um, and I, I heard it's a, yeah. And I heard it's a pretty quick read. So, um, Definitely 
interesting and I'm glad I watched it. I, you know, after I was like, well, it, like I said, it wasn't like this awesome masterpiece, but I thought it was kind of different. I thought it was, you know, kind of original. I thought Patrick Wilson did a really great job. You know, I thought it had pretty great casting and man, oh, we didn't yeah. even talk about, you know, the actress that played, the actress that played yeah. Becky, come on guys. If y'all hung out with us during um, Lock and Key, we all recognized Becky like mm-hmm. immediately, right? It took just a few <laughs> minutes, but I was yeah, like, so why she, does she look so familiar? And I was like, oh, it's it's Dodge, duh. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So um, Laysla, I think is how you pronounce her name. Delivia, I, I'm probably I, I butchering Layla, her name. And, that's... Written differently, it almost seems kind of like a... Well, I don't want to just like assume like the S the S throws me off. Yeah. So I really don't know if it's, yeah. So I'm not sure if if that is to be pronounced or not, but you know, she's, she's beautiful and thought she was really great in lock and key. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought the casting was pretty great. Mm-hmm. I thought the cinematography was really great. The the direction we I didn't mention the director of this I movie. I was about to bring that also up. He wrote, I was gonna say there's another lock and key connection besides it, her and and Joe Hill. Exactly. So Vincenzo Natali, and again, probably butchering that name. Um, so he directed the last two episodes of uh, Lock and Key, yes. um, episodes nine and ten, which. And I won't spoil anything because maybe um, some of you haven't watched it. And I, ho- I hope that you have. I highly encourage going and yes. watching the series if you're needing something to watch during, um, you know, staying home. Um, definitely go pick it up and then definitely check out um, me and Jason's coverage of it. We had a ton of fun, um, t- you know, probably too much fun <laughs> covering uh, that series. But Vincenzo Natali, if you watch those last two episodes, to me, they kind of played out almost like a, um, a one episode instead of two. Yeah. Because um, I. I don't know if it's just because of, of he was the same director for both of them, but the way that it played out, you know, episode nine and then going into 10 just felt like one big episode and they cut it beautifully as far as like where they, when they did kind of make it a two episode, but it could have been easily one long episode. And I thought it was very well done, um, really great cinematography and a really great use of, you know, um, lighting and things kind of like, what I thought that they did here in this movie. So lots of familiar names, familiar um, faces and talent um, in, in with this movie. So fun little tie in with lock and key. Cause that was fun. So did you have any notes or anything um, about the movie? I think we kind of covered everything. Cause I mean, I had all of my stuff was just notes. So I've kind of been just looking through them depending on what we're talking about. So I think we covered just cool. about everything that I had. Yeah. Cool. The only thing that stood out to me again that I put in my notes was when Tobin said that the field doesn't move dead things, why didn't they just pick up a dead thing and walk out? <laughs> <laughs> Is that something else we're not supposed to think about? I didn't too think hard? about that, but there you go. There's <laughs> Because it's like you the there kept moving them around. I know. Don't I mean, the, well, if, if I'd been there, just pick it up and walk out. <laughs> Well, I know, and see, that's the thing. The boy Tobin, which I'm, with that when we first meet him, was the the possessed. I thought Tobin, yeah. the the Tobin that touched the rock, and he's carrying around a dead crow. Um, I don't know if if I'd been there, we wouldn't have been in that tall grass, <laughs> or at least I wouldn't be in that tall grass. Say, y'all, just go on in. I'm gonna sit over here in this church parking lot. <laughs> listen to some music or something i am not going in there um but i thought so we we had like the dead crow and the dog that upset me i just 
can't can't deal when when something terrible happens to a dog in a, a show or um, you know a movie or something. So that was hurtful um, to see that. But I thought, well, why don't they pick up the dog? Why didn't they pick up one of the dead people? Um, and and just w- try to walk out because the field, I guess, was moving them around, yeah. and that's why they couldn't seem to like you know it's like almost like a maze like it kept creating this like maze and moving them around and if it can't move dead people that just again just something that kind of stuck in my head um and the only other note like i said the film seems like it was shot in america's heartland you know they talked about topeka you know being um like the last town that they came through so of course you know and then i think um ross was saying how you know we're in the very center of the continent um so it makes you you know kind of picture that they're in the middle of you know like the united states and like i said all the cornfields or the grass or something that's just kind of where your mind goes but it was actually filmed in canada um so i thought that was interesting um and it was beautiful landscape and it was very visual and it was awesome and like i said the the movie is actually real grass and it wasn't all cgi so i thought that was cool they did i think use a soundstage for a few few things um but I think for the most part, it was all this real grass. So I think that's really neat. That's got to present some challenges. Right. I think that's why I really appreciate some of the work it takes because when you're working outside, you have the wind, you know, you can't always know how mother nature's going to behave or work for you when you're trying to get a certain shot in. So I, I can really appreciate, you know, the, the time and effort um, and the talent um, behind this work. So I don't know. I'm glad I watched yeah, it. So. I, I had a really like, good time with it. it i enjoyed it it was it was worth watching good. I think so and especially to be able to good. do this and talk about it afterwards yeah yeah it's always fun you get you kind of almost have usually a more appreciation for it you know if you, you might have liked it but then you're like oh once you've podcasted on or you do the notes and you talk about it and you're like oh that was probably even better than what i thought or if maybe you didn't like it but you sometimes kind of come around to liking it just a little bit after yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great about podcasting yeah. just bringing people together. Um, well, that was really great, Peg. Really great um, highlights and discussion. And I, I thought all of that was really great. So thanks for that. So like I said earlier, don't have any news. I skipped news this week. So really wasn't a whole lot out there. Um, but, you know, hey, it's out there if you guys, you know, want to go read some interviews or something. Um, but I, I would really love to jump into our listener feedback. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite oh, parts. And, and Peg, you were always a great part of that for many of the shows that Sean and I were covering. And then, of course, a big part of, um, you know, the feedback for a lot of I forgot to leave some I for this one. Very... <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I was a little bit disappointed <laughs> that I didn't see your name pop up here. Oh, <laughs> but, but no, you got the ultimate yeah. feedback because you actually got to be on here and, and actually talk about it. And I just have to post it on our Facebook yeah. page. Um, yeah, this is, this is yeah, this is always one of my favorite parts because yeah, yeah, this is, this is, this is better. I've been on that other end too. So this is, this is, this can be a lot more fun for sure. It's definitely my, one of my favorite parts of the podcast because I really do love hearing what people have to say because it definitely gives me some different perspectives and, and people have different viewpoints or different experiences that they can bring, you know, when they're when, with whatever show that you're watching or a particular episode. And I've learned so much. So definitely one of my favorite parts. So um, do you want to take that first one for me? Sure thing. All right. Christine Canding says, uh, so now I've watched the movie and not really sure what to say about it. Same, same. <laughs> I'll start on a positive note. Creepy kid. I always like them. I also like the siblings, a somewhat twisted dynamic. And I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Okay. 
a somewhat twisted dynamic, and I'm sorry to say that's about it. It simply didn't catch my attention. I did listen to the short story again, audiobook, and it still creeped me out. I'm not saying the movie was bad, but yeah, I almost am. But again, but then again, it was only one and a half hours, and I easily spent that amount of time on so many other mind-numbing things. Well, Christine didn't uh, love it as much as some, yeah. and that's okay. It's it's. I, I, I see, see that it being a very like polarizing film because, yeah, I, yeah, I think you either in, enjoyed the ride or it just wasn't your cup of tea. So I can definitely see. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of in between. Yeah, so we will not judge you for that. Maybe not love it. We will not judge you at all. No, no judgment at all. That's why I love hearing varying mm-hmm. opinions. Um, so I'm curious, um, Christine, you'll have to let us know what you think about, um, you know, the short story. If you listen to an audio book, um, would you recommend it? So let us know. Uh, next one we have is from Doug Fick. He says, it was strange indeed. <laughs> A good match for this podcast. One question. Why didn't Dodge use the Anywhere key to get out of this predicament? Teehee. <laughs> I see that the director and the actress worked on Lock and Key together. All in all, it was a good but a bit confusing watch. The actor who played Tobin was creepy and sympathetic at times. How about those eyes? He could play the lead in a Marty Feldman biopic. Anyone? Why should I know who that is? I feel really dumb. Don't worry, Doug. I don't know either. So maybe you'll have to fill us in. I don't. God, Doug. No, maybe it's just us being dumb. So yeah. Gonna have to Google, man. And I've had some margaritas, so my brain Same isn't firing here. on all of its synapses. So, okay, we'll have to look that one up. So, sorry. Um, he goes on to say, the claustrophobic effect of being in the grass was done well. I wonder why Becky and Cal initially just went right into the grass without much pondering. I see in the background the church with a few cars there. Why not go in and see if anyone could help, even though it would be empty? It had kind of a shining feel like the hedge maze. I will say, however, that Travis is one tough bitch. Gets his arm broke, falls off a two-story building, and survives. Then gets stabbed and is still able to be the hero? Damn, bro. Also, a little confused as Ross tries to get Tobin to touch the rock, but doesn't Tobin touch the rock early on when he showed Cal? And with Cal getting killed over and over by Ross, talk about the worst version of Groundhog's Day. The grass people were way cool, and I was wondering, uh, were they an ancient civilization or aliens? I think you could just take your pick there, Doug. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, to both. Um, I was watching on a phone in the Northwoods, and I think the roots of the rock were babies, and Becky eats her own baby? Now that is a first. (laughs) I did like how it loops around and ends of a somewhat hopeful note. I think if you read the novella, you might have had a better understanding of the whole loop around concept and an insight to the grass people. But all in all, I liked it. For some reason, I have the need to cut the lawn now. (laughs) Stay strange, people. (laughs) It's good to know. There's another note saying that the the novella does clear up some stuff so that's good to know yeah also speaking of the lawn cutting the the lawn crew at my apartment building was cutting the grass and stuff around my apartment while i was watching this movie earlier today so it did feel kind (gasps) of like strangely like amusing where i was like (laughs) just keep that grass short people (laughs) 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 all right vanessa whitley says i haven't read the book but did see the movie it was a little confusing, but after sitting on it a few days, I'll say that it was all right. We're all we're glad to have you back. I'm glad to have you back, Rima. Thanks. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, it was, it was a little confusing for sure. 
I'm glad I had a day or so to kind of sit on it a little bit. Not that it really helped clear things up, but I, I, I was glad I had a little bit of time to digest that. Um, next one we have is from our friend Lindsay Schlicht. She says, I did actually enjoy the movie for the most part. Tense, creepy, uncomfortable. What drives me nuts is movies full of questions with no answers. What was the rock? Ancient evil? Aliens? What about the grass face people? Real? Demons? Hallucinations? I know it's Stephen King and therefore bound to be ambiguous, but a little explanation would have made this one way better for me. I did enjoy the cast. It was fun to see Dodge in another role. My dumbass spent the entire movie thinking the dad guy looks just like the guy from Conjuring. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And she's got a little like smacking herself on the forehead emoji and an eye roll emoji. So... (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you, Lindsay, in all fairness, that creepy porn stash probably threw you off a little bit because it did me just just a little. He's usually pretty clean shaven. He's he's very <laughs> he's almost normally very clean shaven in just about everything mm-hmm. I've seen him. I will watch anything Patrick Wilson is in. I've seen him even in when he is like in a smaller supporting role. Um, so pretty much everything I've seen him in, he's very clean shaven. I, I was not digging the porn stash. Maybe that was given to him on purpose to give him that creepy vibe, <laughs> that non-trustworthy, creepy yeah. vibe. Because anybody that's got a porn stash like that, I'm a little hesitant yeah, to trust it was, that, then it right? worked because, yeah, I immediately was like, mm, he was a little not, unsettling. Not with this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's the porn stash. That was some really great feedback, guys. I was really glad to see folks... You know, there were folks, um, not just so much feedback for the show, but like I mentioned, many folks um, were just glad to see that we were coming back and 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 happy that, you know, we were kind of coming back. So I took a little bit of a break and wasn't quite sure what I was doing. So thank you all. I just want to say thanks to everyone um, for all of your well wishes and good thoughts. It's been a lot to me, kind of rough the last few weeks, kind of adjusting and kind of figuring out where to go from here. Paik, you've been a great support system as well. So so thanks for that. Of course, um, of course. So I I really appreciate everyone's, you know, thoughts um, as I'm kind of figuring out what the hell I'm doing. I still haven't figured it out yet, but hey, we're getting there. So um, we actually do have a phone call because we we can't have an episode of Strange Indeed without our good friend Steve Brown, which is also a mutual (laughs) Hashtag we are Steve. That's right. Another good friend of ours that, yes, uh, Pake and I also know, and he's a very dear friend of ours and we have met um, in person. Yeah, so. Steve drove down, I think he took like a, it was like a, I think it was a good five hours between us. And he drove down when I was moderating some panels for a local Comic-Con. He came to like check it out and hang out. And that was awesome. He's he's <laughs> such a good dude. Such a good dude. He's a good dude. You won't find a better dude. Steve. Steve's really great. And I always appreciate him taking the time. And I mean, like, like I said, every time, you know, he's a faithful and loyal listener. So it's always awesome to hear from him. So with that being said, I'm curious to see what he's going to say about this movie. So let's play that. While drinking, probably not a good idea. Just putting that out there. Only watch it once. I've already rewound it like 20 minutes because of drinking so I'm gonna add to this as I go along just want to put that out there you know gonna watch this movie you know maybe not do it while drinking so that didn't happen um had a few um 
one hour, ten minutes in, Patrick Wilson is now squeezing uh, Lazia de Oliveira, and I don't know where this is going. Really confused. I have some notes that I'll add them later. Okay, so I, I just finished it, and um, I, I'm glad that it ended on a positive, good note, because there's so many Stephen King uh, stories that don't end that way. So it was really super cool, because I, I kept expecting it to end, you know, with the the, the deaths, and, uh, the deaths we'd seen before. And uh, so I was so glad to, to not see that. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I love the quote. Uh, from Patrick Wilson when uh, Travis is trying to tell him not to come into the tall grass and Patrick Wilson says it's a little late for that buddy Uh, I thought that was a great great quote Um, sorry about you know Freddy the dog apparently he's gone Um, I loved the grass when it was you know untying itself as Travis, I thought it was real clever for Travis to kind of kind of tie the stalks together and uh, mark his path, but then you could see that it was kind of untying itself. So that was that was really really cool effect. And then uh, I, I kind of want to read or find uh, the novella now to see how it goes because um, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Uh, it was a good movie. I, I may watch it again. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Seems like Steve even so took much. the same like kind of thought that I did. He was like the live tweet style at first. Where he was like, I've watched the first five minutes and here's what I think. I've watched it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it comes back. Nope. Nope. Still, still not good. <laughs> still, still drinking and this is still happening. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, it always makes me giggle. Yeah, I I might watch it again too. I don't know, and just you know, after at being able to kind of talk about it out loud, and you know, kind of get your perspective, and you know, kind of go back and see if I can catch anything again, um, might be kind of interesting. I don't know, but that was great, great call, yes, Steve. Great. Thank you. Um, it, it was really nice. Someone had kind of wrote in and was like, you know, I, I, I don't pop in to, onto your page a lot, but just want to let you know, I'm really glad that you're coming back and going to be, you know, kind of doing some podcasts that, that means a lot again. Thank you everyone so much for taking the time, um, you know, to listen and, you know, give support and give encouragement. It, it really meant a lot to me. And, um, so that, that's actually going to lead me into like next week on strange indeed. I don't know about next week. <laughs> you would think, you know, Rima, you had a couple of weeks break to kind of think about what you were wanting to do and how you're going to move forward. And as far as I got was covering in the tall grass for this week. So I'm not quite sure um, if I'll have something next week or I'm actually maybe considering at least for now, because I, I don't know if I, what like show I want to do right now. Um, and, and so I don't have a solid plan. I'm sorry, guys, I'm just not there. Um, I'm still going to continue on. I just haven't quite figured out and, you know, what I'm going to do just yet. Um, and, and commit, maybe I'm a little fearful of commitment at the moment. I don't know. So be sure to just kind of follow us on social media, you know, that we have out there, um, which we'll give those out here in just a second. Um, I, 
try to keep everyone updated as to what, what we're doing or what's going on. Um, so be sure, you know, just to kind of follow us out there if you're kind of wondering um, what we're doing. So with that being said, Paik, man, this was so much fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Again, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you for having me on because that's awesome. And oh, I, man. As, not just as a friend, but even as a listener, I have to echo the sentiments of so many people who wrote in and commented on things where I am really glad that you're back and you're whatever that looks like Aww. right now and whatever process that you're taking to do that. It's it's great to have you stick around because you you and this podcast mean a lot to to me and to a lot of people. So I think it's it's great to have you still sticking around and and releasing new stuff when you can and, and being a part of it because I it's it's amazing to like look at how many people listen to this podcast and like write in and even if they don't write in, just like, you know, the people who who talk about it. I mean, you you guys have you guys are kind of blown up in some areas, and so it's really cool to see that. And I think that you you mean a lot more to a lot of people than you even realize. So it's awesome to have you here. Oh man, Peg. First rule is you can't come on here and make <laughs> the co-host cry. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. That that means a lot. It it really does. It, it's been some difficult times. You know, I I, I miss John tremendously, and and kind of trying to figure out like, oh man, now everything's left up to me. Um, it's no shock to anyone. Rima ain't got her shit together that, you know, now I have to figure out, um, you know, shows to cover or do I want to do movies and just kind of what I'm doing and, um, how to, how to move forward. So, you know, that, that means a lot. Uh, Everyone and their well, well wishes have, have meant a lot. Thank you, Pake, uh-huh. so much for saying those kind words. It, it really does mean a lot to me. Um, and again, this was a ton of fun. And I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your life to watch the movie and to take the notes and then to sit and record with me. Some folks, you know, don't always get what it takes behind the scenes to even, you know, just do that piece of it. So, you know, I appreciate you and doing that. It's worth um, it. It's yeah, and, a lot of prep time and kind of dealing with my like my work schedule's been crazy right now with everything. Yeah. But but no, as soon as you asked me, I was like, Yeah, I will find the time and make it happen because it's it's awesome and I'm I'm really glad to be I, able to do it. Well that's awesome. I yeah, I'd love to do this again. So um this this was super fun. So again, thank you. And so for all of you listeners, we are really excited for you to follow us into the tall grass. But until then you can follow us on Twitter at Strange T Cast. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash stranger cast. And you can check us out on Instagram, strange under, underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Yeah, something nice. Mm-hmm. Give them Hopefully. some love. <laughs> Give us some love. Raymond needs love <laughs> right now. So, yeah. Um, So. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pake. And Christine Canding is strange indeed.